Blog Talk Radio. This is the Mexavilla Radio program for Sunday, February 23rd, 2014. This is episode 325 on today's show. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking over the weekend, and I uh, just wanted to get this show out there. I know nobody's listening, but that makes it even better. <laughs> a philosophical type of question for my family medicine friends out there. And it is this, who are, who are the founders of family medicine and how do we recognize our history? And I've been doing some research on it and I already know what people are going to tell me, but I'm just going to get this out there anyway. So let's do this America. Episode 325 starts right now. show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Mike Savilla radio program. I am your host, Dr. Mike Savilla, the one man social media machine for seven years running. That's right, kids. I encourage you to check out the website at drmikesavilla.com. And what is the show about? The show is about me. (laughs) This is about commentary about medicine, social media, and life. Today is Sunday, February 23rd, 2014. It is 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But, but you know, don't worry, kids. Daylight savings time is coming up soon. So, And here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, feels like 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Yesterday, I believe, was, I believe was in the 50s, but now it's just gotten colder, and through the week it's going to be uh, going down around zero Again, so winter, winter is still here. So how has your weekend been going there, kids? You know, I just, I just did a show a few days ago, but I've, I've just been thinking. I've been doing a lot of thinking over the past couple of days, and uh, what better way to share that with all of you um, was <laughs> get out here on the air and, and talk about it and write a blog post about it and all that good stuff there. So, so the question that I have been wrestling with, uh, is you know asking the question you know who who are the founders of our specialty who are the founders of family medicine you've heard but heard some names dropped here and there wherever but uh, uh, who who really are they is, is is there a designated group of people this is a, a philosophical type of episode here today that's why nobody nobody's going to be listening and I don't really care because I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio uh, for having me still be a featured host on this network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 
2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. So we will uh, take my break, and uh, I will uh, go on about my little diatribe and commentary about family medicine history. <laughs> You're listening to the Mike Savilla Radio Program, a proud member of the ProMed Network podcast. You can get there by going to promednetwork.com, and we'll be right back. <laughs> That's right, broadcasting like nobody's listening. This is the Mike Savilla Radio Program on a Sunday afternoon here. So, yes, I've been doing a lot of thinking over the, uh, over the past few days, and it started uh, a couple days ago when I saw something on Facebook from our friends at the Family Medicine Education Consortium uh, on their Facebook page. It goes like this. Today I learned that G. Gail Stevens, M.D., died. Dr. Stevens was one of the intellectual founders on the field of family medicine. Two of his sayings I'd like to quote are the following. Quote, family medicine is primary care with soul, unquote. And the other one is, when in doubt, go with the patient. When in doubt, go with the patient. And just a few hours ago, our good friend, the AEFP president, on his Facebook page, had the following update. Sad and huge loss for family medicine, remembering Dr. Gail Stevens. Today we remember Gail Stevens, MD, STFM past president and central figure in the emergence and evolution of family medicine. Dr. Stevens passed away yesterday. To remember him best, we encourage you to look back at this 2011 Family Medicine Journal article honoring Dr. Stephen, Dr. Stephen's life. And I also uh, reread an article uh, that he wrote called Family Medicine as Counterculture. I believe this first came out, uh, let's see, in the um, late 1970s, presented at the STFM 12th Annual Spring Conference Wednesday, May 9. 1979, Family Medicine as Counterculture, and you can Google that and enjoy that yourself. And I also put up a a video uh, that I recorded in 2012 uh, at the AEFP National Conference of Special Constituencies meeting. Our good friend, Dr. Jay Lee, uh, invited and coaxed Stevens to come out and speak and that was the first uh, the first time I've uh, met the gentleman and heard him speak. 
and uh, I recorded uh, I recorded the whole thing, but the best uh, part was these uh, seven minutes that I'll play for you on the podcast here. And I apologize for the sound, um, and I'll also put the video on drmikesavilla.com, so if you can't hear it very well, I will put it up on the website. But he opens by saying, the first thing the family docs can do is give a damn about patients. That's right. Are you are you curious now? So here here is the uh, here is the entire seven minute clip here, and I hope you're able to hear this and enjoy this. This is Dr. Gail Stevens from 2012. And uh, the first thing that I want to say to those of you who are practicing physicians that your first job is to give a damn about everything that matters to patients and about whatever the patient chooses to do or not to do about their condition. I've seen it happen that when the patient refuses medical advice, those of us who believe strongly in patient autonomy lose interest in the patient and say, well, if you're not going to do what I say, go somewhere else. We have as much obligation to give a damn about what the patient actually chooses and to find out what that is all about. And this actually happened to a friend of mine when a sister decided against palliative chemotherapy for metastatic cancer to call it. The surgeon at this point says, well, you might as well go home. That event was not an ending of the doctor's responsibility, but the beginning of a new phase of patient care. The second thing about family physician, physician practice is called being there. Bill Phillips, who's in Seattle, says you can pretend to know, you can pretend to care, but you cannot pretend to be there. Now that does not mean being there 24 hours a day, that does not mean not having any time off. But it means raising to a high level of priority the access of the patient to the physician, to a physician. And it's been my experience that if you have a practice, the patients do not abuse the doctor. The unreasonable demands on physicians have been made because people don't have doctors. And when you're dealing with anonymous patients and anonymous doctors, there is no limit to the excesses. But in a community base, in a practice setting, you can make home visits, you can allow some kind of electronic communication, you can make your cell phone available. And that is called being there, and that is an essential part of being a family physician being there in the critical moments. I recall a resident once who received a, a phone call from the nurse in the hospital to tell this doctor that a patient had died. So the doctor says to the nurse, do you think I ought to come? If one has to ask that question of the nurse, something is missing, 
from the doctor's clinical repertoire. The third thing is to talk. Sincere conversation is the primary clinical skill. The essence of creating a therapeutic relation, the triumph of hearing over seeing. At the very least, the patient deserves to hear your best understanding of the problem at the level that it is understood. One of our friends in Birmingham told me one day, she said, I've been, I've been seeing Dr. X for years since he began practice, but we never became friends. The next item is to keep your promises. Don't make promises you can't keep. Explicit or implicit. Be explicit about what the patient can expect from you. Your practice arrangements, your coverage, your availability by phone, your prescription refills, whom you work for, obligations to third parties, consultants, and hospitals. Talbot Parsons says the physician's trustworthiness enables the patients to give up secondary gains to the illness. Thomas Sauer says the moral physician tells the truth. And then not not as a bludgeon or a club, but to be truthful. Don't make rotten referrals. <laughs> you all know about that, don't you? Don't build up Dr. X and send the patient and say, well, he's out of town for a week. Or he's attending the cardiology conference in Barcelona. No blind referrals. Don't refer to anybody that you don't know. And if you don't know people, it's your job to find out, to meet them. Now, it used to be we met specialists in the hospitals. I don't know where you meet them. If you're not in the hospital, you got a job to, to find out what the specialist is probably going to do to and for the patients, and what some of their attitudes are. You know, I always figured I, I could get things done by which specialist I referred patients to. If I thought the person needed a hysterectomy, I sent them to Dr. X. If I thought they didn't, I sent them to Dr. Y. <laughs> but I had to know that. Don't commit your consultants to do anything specific, but develop collaborative relationships. You should be able to phone up your consultants and talk with them about your patient. And if you're not doing that, you're missing the boat. And also, don't abuse your consultants by dumbing them. Stop whining and start resisting. Again, Bill Phillips says, the power of your pen, the power of your appointment book, and your checkbook. This is your items of resistance. The power of your pen is what you will and will not sign. Employment agreements, uh, other kinds of documents of people who want to use your name, your uh, credentials, become aware what you sign. And you have an obligation if you work for an entity, a corporation, you're obligated to become a missionary to that corporation. <laughs> you agree to work for and to rethink your politics. 
Remember two things every day. You are the beneficiary of gifts from others. Gratitude is the wellspring of benevolence, not philanthropy. And the last thing to remember is that your turn to become a patient is inevitable. We are all going to be abused by this terrible system we now live in. <laughs> and the closer I get to it, so again, I apologize for the sound there. I will put the, the video clip up at drmikespilla.com, and then maybe the audio and video will be able to connect better to get you to understand what he was saying. There's a lot of echo in the room, and so, uh, but I think you got some of the essence of what uh, he was saying, and and um, you know, with those words. And with what I was reading over the weekend about people talking about this man, got me really thinking about about a lot of things about the specialty and what I think needs to be done or what we as a family medicine community need to be doing more. But I'll have more commentary on that right after this. Start broadcasting like nobody's listening. <laughs> this is the Mike Savilla radio program on a Sunday morning. Well, actually, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. And so, you know, with with the words of Gail Stevens and with the the discussion and the comments that I've been reading on on Twitter and on on people's Facebook pages, it really got me thinking about about uh, my specialty, about our specialty of family medicine. Everybody's saying that you know he was one of the founders of the specialty. Heard him described as one of the intellectual founders in the field of family medicine. So if you're a family doctor, if you're in the family medicine community, I uh, put the question to you, who are the founders of family medicine? Who are they? Can you name them? Can you name one? Can you name one other one? I know I can't. And that really got me thinking about things. You know, who are these people? Gets me curious about them. You know, if you talk to surgeons or you talk to pediatricians, you talk to other specialties, you, they can name the icons of their specialty. You know, they usually have things, you know, named after them in their specialty. Not so much about family medicine. Why is that? Is it just because we're such a newer specialty than everybody else? I mean, our culture, our, our society, 
in general celebrates youth, celebrates the young person, and unfortunately tends to discard uh, older people. And is that what is happening here? I mean, how do we honor the history of our specialty? How do we honor family medicine history? Do we talk about family medicine history? Now, I know people in training programs and family medicine residency programs, that curriculum is very jam-packed with learning skills. But there probably isn't much time to talk about history. And maybe they did talk about history in my residency, and I just tuned them out because I was focused on learning skills and medical knowledge rather than the history. I mean, when should people learn about the history of our specialty? I mean, I do have one name now, you know, Dr. Gail Stevens. But who else should I read about? Who else should I get to know? Whose writings, whose presentations should I start to read about? And I know that my friends in the American Academy of Family Physicians who are not going to listen to this show and who are not going to watch this video that I put up on Facebook and YouTube, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, yeah, go to the AAFP Center for the History of Family Medicine. Just go there. Don't bother me. Just go there and read what you want to read. (laughs) And I looked it up. You know, I forgot that it was there, but it's been there for a while. But that's just saying something like, well, if you want to learn about United States history, just go to Washington, D.C. Don't bother me. Just go there, learn it, and shut up. I think we should do more than that. I mean, I think we should we, – we, they deserve better. We should recognize and reflect upon the founders and the icons and the pillars of our specialty when we gather, when we get together, when we're at meetings. Does that make sense? And it's just not at a a national level, too. I mean, I know there are, are a lot of people at the state level who did a lot of things in their state, in their community for our specialty, but never really rose to national prominence. There should be ways where we can recognize those people too, remember those people, say their words, say their ideas when we get together. I don't know, call me crazy. (laughs) But The only way, I think, to really more appreciate our specialty, to more appreciate how we are as advocates for our specialty, as uh, activists for our specialty, we should recognize those who have come before us. Because really, before you can look forward, you have to look back. And there are lessons that we can learn. There are words and ideas that can remind us about how radical 
the idea of family medicine was back then. And maybe that will help us recognize that better, help energize us to what the work that we need to do now. I mean, I admit that I am ignorant when it comes to this specialty, when it comes to the history of the specialty, specifically the history of the specialty. I mean, for all I know, you know, the, the, the words and the phrases and the ideas that we're coming up with on social media and technology, they're probably the same ideas that have been talked about for 50 years or more, probably. So that is the type of stuff that I have been thinking about in the past few days, is that it's easy to get trapped. It's easy to get uh, on this hamster wheel of work every day and balancing work and life and all that stuff to carve out some other time to do a little history lesson, to expand your mind, to expand your knowledge about where we have been as a specialty and where we are going as a specialty. And I know I am very busy too, but I I am really going to try to read a lot more about the history. I think that will help me appreciate family medicine more. I think that will re-energize me as uh, an advocate and an activist for our specialty. And I hope it doesn't take the passing of another family medicine icon or founder people to say, hey, we should really read what they wrote decades ago because it's probably very similar to what we are talking about today. So that's all I have for you on this very brief uh, podcast here this afternoon. I know nobody's going to listen to this, (laughs) but I'm glad that I am talking like nobody's listening, like broadcasting like nobody's listening. I wanted to share this with you. I know some people are going to listen to this, and I appreciate those people out there who are going to be listening to this, going to be pondering this, going to be thinking about it. I encourage you to talk to me about it on the website, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, and maybe we can get a little bit more appreciation of the history of our specialty, the history of family medicine. And I think as I appreciate the history more, then I think that will further uh, inspire me to continue the work that I'm doing as an advocate and as an activist for family medicine. My name is Mike Savella. I encourage you to check out the uh, website at drmikesavilla.com. That can get you all my social media projects on Twitter and Facebook and the blog and, yes, LinkedIn even as well. So I hope all of you are doing well and uh, have a good rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll talk to all of you very soon. Have a good day, everybody.
day unfold Challenge what the future holds Try and keep your head up to the sky Lovers, they may cause you tears Go ahead, release your fears Stand up and be counted Don't be ashamed to cry You gotta be, you gotta be bad You gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough You gotta be stronger 